Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. 1968 called and it wants its Democratic National Convention back. We're going to talk culture and liberty. Oh boy, oh boy. A deep dive Thursday. I'm Andrew Coppins, he's Pat Oni, and this is Critical Thinking. Good deep dive Thursday to you, Pat. Uh, good deep dive Thursday to you. So first things first, you're probably hearing my voice and it sounds a little bit different than normal. And that's well because uh, technology sucks sometimes. Technology is amazing, but it really, really sucks sometimes, huh, Pat? Yeah, especially when it uh, fries on you. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So um, I have to get a new mixer or get my mixer fixed. So I am, um, how shall we say this? Um over the next couple of weeks, going to get that taken care of. And in the meantime, uh, we're, you know, kind of working through some of the auditory kinks, if you will, in this show. Just like there's a wonderful kink in my neck, if you haven't been noticing that on the show. Woo! But anyway, um, yeah, so we're going to work through those kinks as, as I get my mixer back. Uh, apparently, uh, one needs to spend about $1,200 because you should have a $600 mixer and another $600 mixer. <sighs> Anywho, I digress. Mm. So, anywho, um, we have Chicago, we have culture and liberty on a deep dive Thursday. But before we get into all of that, Pat, have you gotten your tickets to Nefarious yet? Uh, I have not. Um, I was planning to see it this weekend, but I'm not 100% sure if I'll be able to or not. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I am actually going to see it today on opening day uh, here in Chicago. Up until Monday, um, we had no theaters in Chicago proper that were actually going to be showing the movie. And if you are unaware of what we are talking about, Nefarious is the, a movie executive produced by Steve Dace, one of our fine uh, past and well future guests as well on this program. 
Um, but he's the executive producer on this, or one of the executive producers, because it is based off of his book, The Nefarious Plot. And if you have not seen it, uh, check out, just Google Nefarious the Movie, um, check out the trailer. I am absolutely intrigued by the route that they went down in this movie. I'm probably going to guess that uh, people are going to see the trailer and think it's one thing, and it'll end up being another. But Steve brought up an interesting point, Pat. This is going to be a movie in the horror horror genre. Um, and there's a sp specific reason for that. 11 of the top 15, or wait, last year, excuse me, 11, there were 31 horror films, 11 of which made oogles of money, but 31 horror films released in 52 weeks. The studios are doing that for a reason. They're not doing it for um, shits and giggles, shall we say. So um, there's a reason. And it's because this is what the kids are enjoying these days. And I can say that because I'm 41 years old. I don't know what a 21-year-old is going to be into these days. Because uh, I just don't pay attention to it. I, I, I'm not down with the, uh, the hip-hop of today. So... Um, in other words, Andrew's not hip. He's not hip. Says the guy wearing superhero t-shirts in his 30s. Hey, man, uh, don't don't knock my sense of, of pop culture. I'm not knocking your sense of pop culture. I am knocking your sense of fashion. <laughs> <laughs> but with all of that having been said, um, I am going to partake in the movie today. Uh, so I'm going to give my review tomorrow on the program. Of course, tomorrow being a Fish Fry Friday, we're going to give you the best and worst of the week and best and worst takes of the week. And of course, we're going to crown a brand new Richard of the week. So that's what's going on. I'm really excited to see it. But up until Monday, we had no theaters in Chicago proper. You would have to have gone to the suburbs. But Monday, magically, uh, one of the theaters downtown is going to be showing it. Um, so I'm super excited by that. Uh, so I'm going to go to the very first screening that's available here in the city of Chicago for this movie. Super, super pumped for it. Um, so um, I will be doing that and I will give a mini review and then we'll discuss on the program uh, tomorrow. Obviously, I'm not going to give away the plot, if you will, because it's based off of the nefarious plot. You're welcome, Pat. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I plan on giving you a review tomorrow, adding in with all the rest of it. So if you're out there and you haven't gotten your tickets, this is a great way to support a movie and a movement that is there to tell really good stories, to do so in a way that is confronting to today's culture, but also inside of today's culture. Um, the, the reality of today's movie culture is that horror films sell. They sell really well. Um, they always have sold kind of well. They've always been easy, I think, to, to, to lessen the budget and, and make some money off of, right? But they've been really successful as of late. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this movie. Uh, but go get your tickets. You can go to uh, just Google The Fairies, The Movie. You can find it. 
um, at a theater near you, more than most likely. They've gone from over 500 to just over 1,000 theaters nationwide um, in the last week and a half, Pat. So um, they went from a movie that was getting crushed by the studios to <laughs> at competing with the studio films that are coming out. Um, so uh, that's what I'm going to be doing uh, later today, and uh, we'll have the review tomorrow. All right, with that having been said, I mentioned 1968 wants their Democratic National Convention back, and that's because the city that hosted the 1968 Democratic National Convention, as well as the 1992 Democratic National Convention, by the way, um, my fair city of Chicago is going to be hosting the 2024 Democratic National Convention. Is it a fair city? Is it really a fair city? Yeah, I said fair. I didn't say great. Oh, I, I have downgraded in my rating system. My completely arbitrary rating system. But yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, uh, I don't know if we'll be here <laughs> by that point in time. Let's just say that. Uh, but um, if so, that is going to be one interesting summer. And we know what about the summer of 68, Pat? Uh, man, you're making me go all the way back to the 60s. I wasn't even yeah. alive yet. Oh, neither um, of us were, Pat. Yeah. Um, my dad and mother would have been nine going on 10. See, that would have been the year that Richard Nixon won um, uh-huh. the presidency. Uh-huh. We had uh, what going on also, Pat? Yeah, the Vietnam War going on. Uh-huh. The... Um, epicenter of the 60s hippie culture protests violence death in the streets in chicago during the 1968 national convention uh democratic national convention um let's see what else did we have oh Uh, you had uh the mlk situation and all that wonderful goodness um let's just say it was mass chaos correct uh yeah yeah. yeah, it was not uh, I was fun. Say, it was not good. Was it was not grand. It was not wonderful. Mm. And then and then we fast forward to 1992 and we get horrific um, attempted danced Hillary Clinton. Uh, I don't know if you saw that meme going around yesterday on Twitter. But, uh, oh my God, it's hilarious to watch all these like crotchety 1992 old white people in the Democratic National Convention floor attempting to dance to celebrate by cool in the gang. <laughs> uh no no uh huh. check it out pat check it out just google hillary clinton 1992 and by google it i mean put that into your twitter search i i i, I don't know if i wanna i don't I, I i care too much about myself and about the the health of my eyes and ears to to watch that are you sure about that? Yeah, I, I, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, any predictions? Also, do, do you, as I do, find it ironic that the Democratic Party, who um, just went full commie here in Chicago by electing Brandon Johnson to the, to the mayor's office, and then another Democratic Socialist of America making it seven of the 40, 50, is it 50 wards here in Chicago? It's either 49 or 50 wards here in Chicago. 
So like a third are all democratic socialists. Um, um, that they're deciding to take that city as its poster child. Anybody else finding that? I, 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 are you? I don't think it's ironic. I think it's intentional. And, and this is where I was going to go with this, Pat, because I, I, I have to think that this is intentional, and and here's why. Because the Republicans did what with their 2024 convention? I I actually remember where they're hosting. Is it up in Milwaukee? Yeah, it is in Milwaukee. Yeah. And Milwaukee's in what state, Pat? Wisconsin. And Wisconsin is a what on the presidential uh, scale, if you will. At best purple, but it's leaning more blue all the time. Uh-huh. So what did what was the strategy behind this convention going into Milwaukee, Pat? Trying to turn uh, Wisconsin look Bingo. More red. Putting a massive bullseye, a massive pin, a massive, you know, um, spotlight, whatever, uh, whatever terminology you want to use. Right on the state of Wisconsin. Because here's the reality. The math doesn't work if Wisconsin doesn't go red. It, it, that's just the reality. You need a combination of Ohio and Wisconsin and Arizona and Nevada and likely Michigan as well to make this uh, work. And so that's their strategy, right? Hey, we're out here attempting to show you that we would like to win an election, whether that is just optics, right? And they're actually just paying lip service to that idea, or that is really what they're actually going for. I don't know. Because I, I don't pretend to know anything that the uh, Republican Party is about to do. That, that, that's just stupid. If you think you know anything that Team GOP is about to do, all right, uh, well, you're a better clairvoyant than me. And also most of Team GOP. Um, so that was intentional strategy, right? Why yes. would you... If you are the Democratic Party, and we know what, that this is likely to be a hotly contested election. This is not one in which you get to coast, right? Why, why are you putting the convention of your party in the deepest of blue states? This ain't going anywhere for you. Why would you do it? Thoughts, Pat? On a deep dive Thursday. Um, well, I think it could be multiple things. I think it could be the idea that, you know, yeah, we're in a, a deep blue state, a deep, probably one of the deepest blue cities in the country, if not the deepest. Um, and we are going to rally our base is essentially what would that could be there. Um, it also could be, Hey, um, Chicago's not that insanely far away from Milwaukee, you know, trying to cover and not just not just that the city of Chicago and Illinois, but the region around it um, is, is another possibility there, too. It's just a little bit more centered, I guess, in terms of geography. Um, you also see a Democratic Socialist just winning the mayoral race there in Chicago. 
And I think this is probably something that you wouldn't want to ignore is that um, the, this just happened. We want to throw some kind of rally behind that and um, use that momentum, I guess, um, going forward um, to support their own agenda and their own policies. All right. Well, that's fair enough. Um, I think it's threefold. And one is the fact that, to your point, this is where the base is. Okay. So do you pander to your base or do you pander to the middle? Right? Right now, this is pandering to your base 101. Okay. So their, their election strategy for 2024 is already clear. They're not worried about some of these other states necessarily as much as, or the, the bluish purple states necessarily, as much as they are worried about what? Making sure their base turns the hell out. And then the second part of pandering to the base here, Pat, is what? Let's take a look again to your point. They elected Brandon Johnson, or we, unfortunately, elected Brandon Johnson. I, I did not vote for that man, but he ends up being elected. He is an absolute avowed democratic socialist, whether he wants to admit it or not. His words, his actions, the people he associates with are all democratic socialists. They are all part of the socialist wing of the Chicago Teachers Union. Go ahead and look up Local One, okay? Um, the documentary that Illinois Policy did, okay? Just take a look at it and tell me if that doesn't ring of democratic socialism. Because it does. We elect, again, now seven, so about a third of the um, aldermen are democratic socialists here, including in my ward, which, again, that's not who I voted for, but um, that's who the plurality voted for. I wouldn't say the majority because we had less than 30% turnout. So <clears throat> kind of hard to say that the majority uh, wanted that. But that's neither here nor there. The point of this is, in 2024, who is your base if you are the Democratic Party? It's academia. It is the institutions, right? It is the people in bureaucratic power. It is unions, right? And I'm not talking labor union um, rank and file, by the way. I am talking about your public service unions like the teachers unions. So the uh, American Federation of Teachers, the NEA, the National Education Association. I am talking about, you know, those types of, of, of people. That is your base. So this for me is about the base. It is also about highlighting whom the Democrats really are. This is about taking the mask off. Because what did the election of Joe Biden tell us? That they could put lipstick on a pig and America would buy it. And what do I mean by that? They bought they bought the image of Joe Biden, right? As this, oh, shucky darns, Uncle Joe, right? They bought it. And then they went out and allegedly 81 million people voted for Joe Biden. You will never convince me that 81 million people actually did vote for Joe Biden. I would suggest it's probably closer to about 76 million. And then you look at all the ballot harvesting, the mail-in voting. 
or mail out voting, I should say, efforts in in states. Right. You look at the, mm. the cheating that goes on and went on in Milwaukee, went on in Philadelphia. We know that those things exist. It's just that you can't prove that in the court of law. Right. And that was, right. that was always the brother that we had. But it was also because of those things. But <clears throat> the American people bought the image of Joe Biden. They were able to put him in the basement, right? Put his image out for the American people. All the while, that's why we call him Joseph Marionette Biden, because he is just a marionette. All the while, lining up socialist after socialist after socialist after radical leftist policy after radical leftist policy, and yet the American people bought it. Now, you can argue, well, they also didn't like Donald Trump, and that might be true, right? But what we do know is people, by and large, were not voting for Joe Biden necessarily because of Donald Trump, right? The American people, whether they knew it or not, bought an image of Joe Biden that wasn't true behind the scenes, right? What's happening behind the scenes is that his, I think, real policy perspective is taking a back seat because he is utterly incompetent and utterly incapacitated mentally that to the forefront comes all of the other things, okay? So this is about the base. This is about highlighting who they are. And then third and most importantly, in an attempt to control violence, which is ironic because you are going to one of the most violent cities in this country. Also ironic because we saw the BLM protests. We saw uh, desecration of statues here in the city. Yeah, there, there has been a history of, of racial divide in Chicago. There's no question about that. that. That is true to this day. Just take a look at the segregation that exists in this city, right? When you look at the west and south sides, who largely populates those areas? Black and Hispanic people. Who largely populate the north side? White people. There's a racial divide that exists in the city. And I don't know what the answer is to, to healing that divide or, or melting that pot necessarily. I don't know what it is because it, it, that doesn't matter. My point of this is that they're betting that because they are doing the pandering the, about the base, um, the showcasing of the democratic socialist policies, right, that it's going to placate those that would like to protest usually. They're gone down the route of the trans mob, right? Um, we, we know that they, you know, pledge fealty to trans ideology. We know that this is the reality of, of the Democratic Party today. And there's nowhere that is a bigger epicenter of all of this, right? The socialism, the trans ideology, um, all of that, than Chicago. This is an absolute intentional piece of strategy as well, because what they are betting on is that more people pledge fealty to this than don't. This is about winning that cultural war. And we're going to get into this in the second half of the program. Um, and that's why I wanted to bring up Chicago. Why Chicago? What would you do? Why would you do this? Why would you highlight a, a city that is rampant with gun violence and all of those things. Well, there's why.
Am I off base, Pat? No, because here's the thing. It might be rampant with gun violence, but they don't care. They don't care about that. Right, it's because it's always been a political cultural for them. It's the same thing, and we've talked about this on the reverse side of the pro-life movement, right? Why Mm. why is there no quote-unquote solution or wasn't a solution, right? Because for those who made money off of it, um, you know, paid their multi-million dollar mansions off of it, right? If that problem suddenly gets solved, a.k.a. it goes back to the states, your grift is up, right? And suddenly you can't lobby politicians for something that you know that the federal government is not going to be able to change. Now you have to go to each individual state and grift, right? So the further that your grift goes down the chain, the harder it is to grift because people are paying or should be paying closer attention. That having been said, the grift on the other side of things is the Everytown USA, right? Uh, the most violent, uh, gun violent states, or the, the states with the most gun deaths, gun violence deaths, right? And they're all red, <laughs> except for it doesn't, well, it's per 100,000, right? But it also doesn't account for length of gun uh, or the amount of guns in the state or, you know, the amount of guns per owner. It also doesn't account for, um, you know, illegal gun ownership. It doesn't account for all of those other things, right? And oh, by the way, yeah, you're going to have a higher incident of per 100,000 gun deaths if what happens, Pat? If you are the state of Montana and you've got, what, a million people maybe? One per 100,000 has a much greater impact on you than it does in a state like Illinois, right? Where there's what seven eight million people right right and again pat we have talked about this ad nauseum the point of the matter is this there's a grift on both sides and they can use this as a grift and more importantly as the cudgel to say we're here in the heart of this city hoping to try to solve this problem what are you doing about it team gop right that's the other side of this all right so with all of that out of the way, Mr. Padoni, are you ready to play the B or not the B? Uh, I'm I'm about as ready as uh, you're about re- as ready to leave Chicago. All righty then. So today's headline. Biden thanks that handsome Rapino fellow for his support of trans inclusion in women's support and women's sports. Biden thanks that handsome Rapino fella for his support of trans inclusion in women's sports. While you are thinking about that, folks, do not forget, go find yourself. We have advocated this for a long time. Do business with those that won't insult you. And that doesn't mean that they have to support every single principle, every single policy prescription that you do. It just means do business with people that don't hate you, like our friends at coffeebrandcoffee.com. That's right. They focus on coffee, not your politics. And they make damn fine coffee, including my favorite, the bourbon blend. So go check it out at coffeebrandcoffee.com. You can get 5% off your purchase today by entering the code CRITICALTHINKING at checkout. Again, CRITICALTHINKING at checkout is the promo code from coffeebrandcoffee.com. All right. That being said, do you need the headline one more time, Mr. Padoni? No, because it's a softball. Is it? 
It, it is. It, and uh, it, it, I'm going to hit this one out of the park, unlike my Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, and your Reds are terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, this this is the Babylon Bee, bro. You are correct. This is the Babylon Bee, but um, isn't it hilarious that you equated a lesbian and softball in the same? What you doing, Pat? You bigot. I mean, maybe that was intentional. You don't know. <laughs> All right. So Biden thanks that handsome Rapina fella, a Rapino fella, for his support of trans inclusion in women's sports. In brief remarks today regarding the ongoing debate about biological male athletes identifying as females competing in women's sports, President Joe Biden made sure to specifically thank former soccer star and controversial activist Megan Rapino for supporting inclusivity. Quote, that Megan Rapino, uh, such a handsome fella, Biden said in his comments to reporters, having that guy lend his support to the movement to eliminate women from women's sports means a lot. Not every man would care so much. So make sure Megan knows I appreciate him. A good dude. Snarf off the bits. R- Rapino, a staunch supporter of LBGTQ+, causes and critics of the alleged patriarchy in society, and critic of the alleged patriarchy in society, is in favor of allowing men who call themselves women to compete against biological females in sports. Quote, now that I've found success, made millions, and retired, I now feel safe encouraging biological men to compete with women said Mr. Rapino to reporters. It is a fundamental human right, and all who disagree are fascist. President Biden, who is expected to pursue changes to Title IX to penalize uh, discrimination against trans athletes, was confused later in the day after being notified by aides that Megan Rapino is reportedly a woman. That muscular fella with the chiseled features, Biden reportedly said, wow, I wonder if she's available. What a swell-looking dame. At publishing time, Biden had requested a meeting with Rupino to sniff her hair to find out if she is actually a woman. I feel like there's truth in this one. I I, I, I feel like there's truth in this one. And yeah, and, especially yeah. because if you don't know, um, Bradley gains one after. Um, some of the women athletes who came out in support of trans uh, women competing in women's sports. And it, Riley Gaines literally went after Megan Rapino um, because uh, to the point of this article, talk about your grifters of grifters, right? Oh, sure. She's right. all about the LGBTQ because she is uh, from the Isle of Lesbos, shall we say. Um, um so naturally, she's got to support, except for she has made literally millions upon millions upon millions of dollars by making sure that women get to play the sport and then not remind anybody that um, the greatest women's soccer team to have ever existed in the history of the sport got its ass handed to it by a bunch of 15-year-old boys in a warm-up game for the World Cup. And the whole point of everything that Megan Rapino and the U.S. Women's National Team attempted to to get was what? Respect for women's soccer and money in their pockets. And what did what happened with this last collective bargaining? And men and women are now equal on the pay scale at the U.S. soccer level, right? 
FIFA has also pledged, I believe, to give the same amount for the men and the women. Um, not this World Cup, but I think the next one. I could be wrong. It might be this, this World Cup as well. You destroy your own argument at that point if you allow a man to dominate your sport, right? Am I wrong? Right. Nope. You destroy your financial argument. What what incentive do you have to watch the NWSL if it's populated by a bunch of people who couldn't even make an MLS or a USL championship or USL League One or uh, MPSL, which is a semi-professional, you know, local league, let alone a pub league team? What happens to that idea that you're going to financially grow the sport? Because don't get me wrong, they are doing that right now. The NWSL has more teams, they're more popular, and they have more financial backing than any women's sports league in history. It, it, it's as I've been t- telling you before, Andrew, it's 2023. Anything a woman can do, a man can do better, including it being a woman. Yeah. And thus goes bye-bye. All the opportunities for your fellow uh, ladies of the island of Lesbos. Um, in the future, right? Bye-bye. Yeah. All yeah. of those people that you claim to support, their opportunity goes bye-bye. But, 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 oh, so now we're going to give a quota? You can only have one trans athlete on your team? What are we doing? Why are you limiting me, bro? I mean, may, I mean, woman, I mean, what are you doing, right? Like, all of these arguments are asinine on their face. I I just, they, they're going down a road in which uh, their grift goes bye-bye real quick. They're going to grift themselves out of jobs. And they're going to deserve every second of it as far as I am concerned. Now, with that being said, Pat, we had talked about culture and um, things of that nature when we talked about the 2024 Democratic National Convention coming to my fair, not great, but fair city of Chicago. I don't even know if you can call it fair anymore, but all right. I will call it fair because as we have, as I experienced yesterday when we hit 85 on the uh, on the temperature scale yesterday, um, you got to see the vibrancy of the city. People out in the parks and the joggers and everything else and, and just this city felt alive again. Um, so anyway, that notwithstanding, um, we had talked about culture, right? We had talked about the culture of the DNC and the culture of the Democratic Party. But I, I wanted to, to talk about it from this perspective more broadly, Pat. Because here in, in libertarian land that I live in more than you do, one of the biggest tropes that's out there, and I wanted to discuss this, is that we shouldn't be fighting the culture war because the culture war is antithetical to libertarian uh, belief systems. So, To put it this way, to fight or not fight the culture war. That is often the question in libertarian debate circles these days. But I personally think they're actually asking the wrong question. Because, question for you, Pat, first. Libertarians value what more than anything else? And I'll give you a clue. The answer is included in the... uh, name of the political party. Well, and the I mean, I, my, my first inclination was liberty. 
You are correct. Yep. They value yeah. liberty, freedom, right? More than anything else. So in order for us to answer the question about fighting the culture war or not fighting the culture war, do we or do we not need to understand whether or not liberty is culture? Uh, yes. It, it, if it's not ingrained in your culture, then how do you have liberty at all? Okay. And then furthermore, what about principles in general? Are principles culture? I don't think principles are culture, but I think principles can be dictated by cultural norms. Right, because as I look up at Merriam-Webster, right, the definitions that they give us for culture, they are a customary belief, social form, material trait of a racial, religious, or social group. Also, the characteristic features of everyday existence, such as diversions or a way of life shared by people in a place or time. So I'm just going to take that definition. There are about six definitions here, okay, of culture. Right. Well, part B on this one is the set of shared attitudes, values, goals, and practices that characterizes an institution or organization, or a set of values, conventions, or social practices associated with a particular field, activity, or societal characteristic. D, the in, in, integrated pattern of human knowledge, belief, and behavior that depends upon the capacity for learning and transmitting knowledge to succeeding generations. So that is just number one on the definitional um, side of culture. So I'm going to ask you this. Does liberty fit into any of those or all of those definitions? My suggestion is yes. I was going to say yes. But I guess it also depends on who you ask. And, but, but and yes. here's why I say yes. Because if you don't believe that liberty is a principle, then what is it? It's a value, right? It's something that you either value or you don't, right? Okay, so in the definition of culture, the set of shared attitudes, values, goals, and practices that characterizes an institution or an organization. And our society is an institution. It's also an interesting argument on the liberty side of things, because I will say this. Right? When you look at the definition of liberty, my question is, is this a learned or an ingrained thing? I can make an argument that it is both. I can make an argument that we are inherently yearning for liberty or freedom, because I think that those are synonymous with each other. Okay, From this perspective, I think they're different, but they're also synonymous. Okay, But they can also be a learned situation because you learn about the concept of liberty as you learn civics, as you learn history, as you learn the the Revolutionary War period, right? You learn the uh, Declaration of Independence, you get further into the concept of liberty. But I also want people to understand what liberty really can be. So let's take a look because we can talk about all the way back to Roman times, where the concept of liberty came, right? Libertas and, and all of that sort of stuff. Marcus Aurelius, Roman emperor, right? 121 to 180 AD. 
He wrote on the concept of liberty this, a polity in which there is the same law for all, a polity administered with regard to equal rights and equal freedom of speech, and the idea of a kingly government which respects most of all the freedom of the governed. Okay, that's one definition. We also have Thomas Hobbes in the 15, I, I believe this was early 16 or mid 1600s, stating the fact in the Leviathan, okay? A free man is he that is, that in those things which by his strength and wit he is able to do is not hindered to do with, uh, to do what he hath the will to do. So basically he's saying, as long as you're not limited in the things you want to do, that you have the ability to do, you have liberty. But I really think that John Locke is the godfather of liberty in this, in the, the current concept of this, stating this, in the state of nature, liberty consists of being free from any superior power on earth. People are not under the will or lawmaking authority of others, but have only the law of nature for their rule. In political society, liberty consists of being under no other lawmaking power except that established by consent in the commonwealth. People are free from the dominion of any will or legal restraint apart from that enacted by their own constituted lawmaking power according to the trust put in it. Thus, freedom is not as Sir Robert Filmer defines it, a liberty for everyone to do as he likes, to live as he pleases, and not to be tied to any laws. Freedom is constrained by laws in both the state and nature, uh, the state of nature and political society. Freedom of nature is to be under no other restraint but the law of nature. Freedom of people under government is to be under no restraint apart from the standing rules to live standing rules uh, to live by that are common to everyone in the society and made by the lawmaking power established in it. Persons have a right to or liberty to one follow their own will in all things that the law has not prohibited, and two, not be subject to the incon inconstant, uncertain, unknown, and arbitrary wills of others. And when we talk about maximum freedom, maximum responsibility from a libertarian perspective, this second definition is the absolute most important part of this, right? Maximum freedom, meaning you have a maximum freedom to do as you would like, right? But you also have a responsibility to make sure that that is also not um, based off of the arbitrary will of another person, but you have a responsibility to that other person to be good, to be right, to be just. So I set all of this up to really ask the question, is liberty culture? So I, I, I see where you're going with this, and I think one can certainly make the argument that liberty is culture. And and I, I think I tend to agree with that more than not. Um, I think you have to have liberty as part of your culture to have liberty in your life, um, to to have liberty, or as I should say it this way, to have liberty being an importance in life. And right now, I mean, we see a lot of people yearning for liberty, but we see a culture where it's largely not as important as it used to be. Okay. Hence the cultural war that we're in. Exactly. So, my challenge to the libertarian audience that exists here is this. If you're unwilling to fight the culture war, are you unwilling to fight for liberty? Because what are we seeing in our culture? 
we are seeing the loss of liberty, the loss of simple parts of liberty, right? The freedom to express something that might be um, antithetical to popular culture, right? Uh, the, the best examples of this exist when you say, no, uh, men, men are men, women are women, um, and I'm sorry, I'm not going to accept your trans ideology, right? Trans ideology is antithetical to liberty. How do I know that, Pat? Well, I'm going to play you a video on this, and um, we're going we're gonna to see about this. So, again, this video, Pat, is going to, to illustrate, I think, the, the point more than any others. This is, this is where trans ideology is going. You either pledge fealty to this concept or what is going to happen to you. Y'all really want to try to say there aren't trans kids? Let me tell you what there aren't. There aren't cis kids, okay? You telling your child, oh, you're a boy, you're a girl. This is a child. This is a free spirit that has not learned any of that bullshit until you force it on them. So cisness is the wound. Cisness is the delusion. Cisness is the lie. Cisness is the place of pain. Transness is the healing. Transness is the growth. Transness is the truth. Transness is what we actually are. We are fluid. We are 70% water. We are God. God is change. God is trans. We are trans. You are forcing your kids to be boys and girls. We're saying, be whatever you are, baby. Be free. Be water. Be light. Be sky. Be God. Because guess what? That's what we actually are. What we actually are is trans, is change, is love. We're not the ones doing the forcing. And see God chiming just on time. <laughs> so, folks, this is what you're up against, right? This concept of, well, see, we freedom, let them fly. Here's the reality of this, this argument. Liberty is not a, a concept that is in a subjective reality. Liberty is objective reality. Either you have it or you don't. Either it exists or it doesn't. And so to me and to the libertarians out there, I have a very simple question. We had a culture based off of liberty in this country for a very long time. Now, you can make an argument that, well, not all people were free. And yes, you are correct. But were libertarians or were they not? Or were more people over time fighting for all people to be able to live the liberty that existed in the Declaration of Independence or not. Yes. Okay. So yeah, sure. Things are not always perfect. But I will say this. Subjective reality cannot exist, cannot coexist with liberty. It doesn't work. Because I am now being forced to guess at whatever subjective reality exists for you in order for your liberty terrain? No. There have to be objective standards, things that I can immediately, immediately understand. So if you want to talk about not fighting the culture war, the best way to fight the culture war is to not fight it. This is what you get. You lose your liberty. You lose your ability to govern yourself. You lose the ability well, what about the trans person and, and their ability to govern themselves, right? When you're 18 years old, right, okay, you have the ability to get the meatball surgery if you want, Pat, 
In every yes, state in the country? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Okay. When you're 18, when you have the age of consent to these things, you want to live in subjective reality, go for it. But when I look at culture and liberty, they go hand in hand because that person at the age of 18 in a land of liberty has that right and has that ability. Under the age of 18, do you have full liberty or no? No, because you do not have the concepts down. And thus, what? Liberty is what? A both ingrained and teachable characteristic. Okay? But more importantly than that, Pat, I hope people are understanding this. I hope they understand that the trans ideology is you accept my subjective reality every time that it subjectively changes or you're a bigot or you don't belong in society, right? That's not liberty. That is not liberty. John Locke put liberty the best, right? I think. And so for me, to my libertarian friends that are out there, your suggestion, if you believe that you ha can't fight a culture war because the culture war um, means that you have to pick religion or you have to pick this or what, no. It is as simple as this. Do you believe that liberty is for everybody and that liberty should exist for those that know it and can exercise it or not? And if you suggest to me that a 10-year-old has liberty, that's a really difficult concept to, to make me understand. A 10-year-old, sure, it has liberty, but a 10-year-old would also pee their pants. Right? They could still do that. Now, an 80-year-old could still do that, but they've had a lifetime of, of what? Liberty. And, and maybe it's a physical incontinence thing, right? I'm just using these as examples. But I hope you understand that they're not interested in your liberty. They're not interested in an objective liberty existing. They are interested in trans ideology and subjective reality existing. And subjective reality is antithetical to pure liberty. It is antithetical to a culture based off of liberty. It is antithetical to that because you are forcing somebody to do something against their will in order to interact with society. And furthermore, Pat, they would codify it into law if they could, right? And then even further than that, if you go to the heart of trans ideology, it is socialism. They are socialists by their nature. And socialism is antithetical to a culture of liberty. There is no liberty because there is no individual in socialism. It is all about the collective. How can I label all those in trans ideology as socialists? Because they believe in a collective. They believe in that. That's the point of trans ideology. There's a collective and we exist on a spectrum, but we're all a collective. So to those who suggest that, that uh, the best way to fight the culture war is to not get into it, 
You fundamentally don't understand what's at stake. You fundamentally don't get that the thing that you fight for the most, the thing that you claim the mantle of the most, liberty, will be gone if you don't fight for it. If you are unwilling to fight for a culture based off of liberty, what are you willing to fight for? If you don't, the United States of America as we know it, and we have made the argument that that it doesn't exist in the way that we knew it in the past, but we still have our basic liberties, will cease to exist sooner rather than later. Because we have seen, um, let me get married, bigot, turn into something completely different in less than 15 years in this country. We have seen the culture of liberty flip on its head. And unless we are willing to fight for the right concept of liberty, for the idea that liberty is, yes, individualistic, but also based off of a set of objective realities, you are going to lose it to subjective reality. That is as simple as an argument as I can make. What say you on this concept, Pat? Well, if you <clears throat> if you go back to the video of what that guy said, um, and yes, I'm I'm saying guy because he it's a dude. Um, His beard is better than yours. No, no, his beard is not better than mine. Um, you, 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 I can't believe you even went there. His beard that, that, brings all the boys to the yard. <laughs> mine, mine doesn't. Um, so, uh, going back to that, what he described, because we, we, we've talked about the concept of liberty as in it's freedom plus morality equals liberty, right? Mm -hmm. you, you can't have freedom without morality um, and, and, and then also have liberty because then then if, if you have if you have freedom and there's no morality then you just have chaos right and, uh, and what we and, mean by morality is is I think we have to be careful of right because yeah. well my morality might be different than your morality no we are talking about the objective truth of of right murder like all of the things where do those where do those laws come from they come from morality right mm -hmm. and if you want to suggest to us that morality is absolutely fluid all the time mm -hmm. you've got a problem right right and and I, going to what this this guy said you know he's talking about something that is very chaotic he's talking about oh every, everything can just change on a whim and that that's not how life works that's not how biology works uh none of what he said is true it's it's just it's chaos exactly it's the church of me uh, right and it's and it's it's denial of objective reality and belief in subjective reality and furthermore you must pledge not just fealty to it but if I change my subjective reality, your objective reality must change to my subjective reality. And then, right. oh, by the way, ch keep changing. No. It's just that no. simple. No. no. So 
so no, what 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 he is describing and what many others on on that side would describe as liberty is not actually liberty. It's at best, at best, controlled chaos. No doubt about it. So again, I I, I don't pledge to know all of the things and all of the answers to all of the debated questions or whatever. And I would love to have somebody come on. You want to debate the fact that you shouldn't fight the culture war. I would love for you to to take on these objective realities and, and just answer for me how liberty is not culture. It, it is sim- as simple as that for me. Liberty is the basis of our culture in America. It just is. It is the thing we f- literally fought a war for. It is the thing that we changed governments for. It is the thing that we continue to strive to achieve for the most amount of people humanly possible to this day, while still keeping in mind objective reality. So if, if you are in the libertarian-leaning uh, side of things and you would like to take that on, DM me. Hit me up on Twitter. I'm at The Coppin Show. He's at The Pat Oni Show. Um, we will get it scheduled. We'll get you on the show and have this debate. I would love to. But until then, Pat, your final thoughts on today's show. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And Operation Operation Liberate Andrew Coppins from Chicago is officially underway. <laughs> Don't you know? And before we forget, uh, Pat, you forgot the hats and the the, the little uh, noisemakers. Oh, yeah. Uh, because on Monday, um, since we didn't get to this on Tuesday and we didn't have a show yesterday, um, Mr. Joseph Marionette Biden signed into law the end of the COVID-19 public health emergency. Wait, <coughs> it was still going on. So on the good, on the really bright side, uh, Novak Djokovic will be able to dominate the U.S. Open this year. <laughs> because with the end of the public health emergency comes what? The end of the travel restrictions. That's what comes next. All right. With that being said, folks, please be smart, be safe, be kind. Make sure you eat all of your meals today. And as always, Matthew 547. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods, for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.